When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com. Code program. Welcome to the Financial Times Big Read, a weekly podcast featuring the best of our long-form reporting from around the world. I'm Anna Dedda from the Comment and Analysis Desk. Is the party over for luxury home developers? A five-year-long boom in high-end housing construction in global cities such as New York, London, Dubai and Sydney has ended in a property glut and the first foreclosure auction on Billionaire's Row near Central Park, says Judith Evans. As the mega-rich become more elusive, the developers are being squeezed. And there's a political backlash too, as the ostentation of the apartment super towers provokes protests at inequality in cities where many struggle to afford homes. Three years after the global financial crisis, developers began selling the first ultra-luxury apartments in 157, a smooth 90-storey glass tower along the south side of Central Park, designed by the French architect Christian de Portsampark. It was a sensation. Within six months, half of its multi-million dollar residences had sold. In 2013, a consortium led by the hedge fund manager Bill Ackman agreed to pay $91.5 million for a 13,500-square-foot condo in the building. Mr Ackman told an interviewer he thought it would be fun to buy the apartment, though he had no plans to live in it. Instead, he and his friends planned to flip it for a higher price after having a few parties there. Another condo sold for more than $100 million. But the story is different today. The developer, Extel, is selling the remaining apartments at 157 at ever-widening discounts. Last year, a buyer shaved $12.7 million off the asking price on an apartment, and a foreclosure auction is scheduled next week for another that originally sold for $21.4 million. The situation at 157 points to a chill that has swept across Billionaire's Row, a stretch of new towers south of Central Park that have reshaped the city's skyline in recent years, and the rest of New York's once red-hot luxury market. Luxury developers in other cities are feeling the chill too. The five-year global boom in ultra-high-end property that has reshaped cities from San Francisco to Shanghai appears to be ending in a global glut. In New York and London alone, agents are trying to sell tens of thousands of high-end apartments amid sharply falling prices. Andrew Geringer, Managing Director at the New York residential consultancy The Marketing Directors, says... We are in unprecedented territory with the number of large homes. No one knew how many billionaires and oligarchs were going to come, but in fact it was a very limited market. 
The luxury construction frenzy has produced too many buildings and a range of political factors have turned against the sector. China has attempted to clamp down on money flowing out of the country, while low oil prices and sanctions have curbed sales to Russian buyers. Cities around the world are imposing new taxes on overseas property buyers and there is increasing scrutiny of money laundering through high-end property. The mayors of London and New York have pointed to gleaming residential towers as symbols of inequality amid chronic shortages of affordable housing. Gary Barnett, president of Extel, maintains that for high-end property developers like him, the party is not over. The whole world really wants to own a piece of New York, he says. The luxury boom began not long after the shocks of 2008, when property developers noticed that the ranks of the global wealthy were growing and so was their appetite for real estate and other hard assets. Winston Chesterfield, director at the research firm WealthX, says, Over the last 10 years, we have seen different international nations acquiring great wealth in East Asia, in the Middle East. That audience was spreading its wings, flying around the world looking for units, especially in major cities. The number of people with $30 million worth or more of assets worldwide grew 68% in the decade to 2015, to 212,600, WealthX said. The population of more modest so-called high-net-worth individuals, those with $1 million or more of investable assets, reached a record 15.4 million in 2015, up from 10.9 million in 2010, according to Capgemini. A series of headline-making purchases drew attention to the trend. For example, a company linked to the family of the Russian potash billionaire Dmitry Rybolovlev bought an apartment at 15 Central Park West in 2011 for $88 million, a New York record at the time. That same year, Roman Abramovich, the Russian owner of Chelsea Football Club, bought a 17th-century mansion near Kensington Palace in London for £90 million. Frederick Peters, chief executive of the Manhattan real estate firm Warburg Realty, recalls that time. He says, In the wake of some extremely high-ticket purchases that took place with Russian buyers, there was an anticipation that it would be a deeper market for us. It was not just the Russians. London estate agents discovered a lucrative market among the Asian newly rich. Marketing developments with lower prices but still expensive by local standards through roadshows in Beijing, Shanghai, Hong Kong, Kuala Lumpur and Singapore. These international buyers expanded their wealth as global asset values were swollen by central banks' quantitative easing programmes. In a world of low yields, the search for higher returns pushed vast sums of equity investment into real estate. With banks retreating from the property lending market, hedge funds and private equity groups began financing developments. To satisfy their investors, they needed the higher returns offered by the luxury sector. Many buyers, like Mr Ackman, saw their properties as investments, not homes. Another factor was a flight to perceived safe assets as the wealthy moved their capital out of China, Russia and Middle Eastern nations upended by the Arab Spring. Jonathan Miller, president of the New York consultancy Miller Samuel, says, A lot of this development has been based on flight capital. 
We've been building the world's most expensive safety deposit boxes. You just put your valuables in and never visit. Such capital flows can dry up rapidly, however. For example, Chinese, Hong Kong and Taiwanese purchasers spent $27 billion on US homes in the year to March 2016, according to the National Association of Realtors. But numbers of mainland Chinese buyers are now shrinking, agents say, as outbound capital faces tougher scrutiny from Beijing. Russian buyers, who buoyed luxury markets after the financial crisis, have been hurt by falling oil prices and sanctions imposed after its invasion of Ukraine and annexation of Crimea. The ruble dropped 43% against the dollar in 2014, a fall from which it has not substantially recovered. Mr Miller says the Russians invaded Ukraine in 2014 and that was the peak of new development here in New York City. Mr Peters adds that Russian purchases of New York homes had then dried up almost to zero. The result was an overhang of newly built homes just as demand retreated and a sprouting of cranes on New York's skyline that brought home to potential buyers their new bargaining power with developers. Mr Miller estimates that Manhattan has more than 12,300 unsold condominiums, either built, under construction or planned, against sales of about 1,400 a year. The numbers in London are similar. According to the data firm Molior London, since 2014, construction starts in London have exceeded sales by some 13,500 units. Developers seek to sell as many units as they can off-plan to help pay for construction. Such sales are often a condition of construction loans, but more unsold units are set to be finished this year in London than at any point over the past decade, according to the estate agency Savills. Savills estimates that 58% of demand in London is for homes priced below £450 a square foot, but only 25% of homes being built are at this price point. As a result of this oversupply, luxury developers are offering lavish inducements to would-be buyers, from price discounts and tax incentives to gift cards, sports tickets and furniture packs. One North London development boasts a free car for every purchaser. Other than a buy one, get one free, says Henry Pryor, a London property buying agent, I'm not sure what more they can do. This has left developers squeezed, especially those who bought land after prices had spiralled upwards. In New York, Mr Geringer says he has been receiving panicked phone calls from banks whose loans are due in on super-luxury condominium schemes where the developers, because of a lack of sales, cannot pay. He did not specify which banks faced this problem. Most banks active in the New York condo market in recent years have been from overseas. Mr Geringer says, The banks are saying, what can you rent the homes out for? But you would need $50,000 to $100,000 a month to make it worthwhile and you can't rent out 50 high-end condos at that kind of rents. They could have seen this coming three or four years ago. Some lenders are offering inventory loans to replace construction loans that would otherwise default, leaving developers with even higher borrowing costs, Mr Geringer adds. Often, outside equity investment means the developer's own profits are tied up in the last few apartment sales within a building. Hedge funds too began worrying last year, Mr Miller says. 
They were deer in headlights in relation to the oversupply. It's not as if developers are all going under, but they are going to have to revise their earnings projections. If you just bought land two years ago, it's tight. Extel, the developer of 157 and other New York projects, saw a spike in its Tel Aviv-listed bond yields last year, forcing Mr Barnett to travel to Israel to reassure investors about the luxury market. Developers in this sector also face another problem, the use of their creations as visual symbols of inequality and corruption. In Vancouver and Sydney, local administrations have responded with new taxes to deter foreign investor buyers. The US has also taken measures to counteract money laundering in the sector, given that it can be a home for illicit cash. Luxury New York apartments have been linked to Malaysia's 1MDB scandal, for example. In March, the New York mayor, Bill de Blasio, chose 432 Park Avenue, the world's tallest residential building, as the backdrop to a press conference calling for a new statewide mansion tax on apartment sales above $2.5 million. Standing beside a pensioner who spoke of her inability to afford a home in the city, Mr de Blasio said the building was an example of ostentatious wealth. Richard Walgren, Executive Vice President of Sales and Marketing at Maclo Properties, counters that 432 Park Avenue is an enormous tax generator for the City of New York. Barika Williams, Deputy Director at New York's Association for Neighbourhood and Housing Development, says People are frustrated because they have a large number of new developments taking place in their neighbourhood and their backyard that are neither accessible nor affordable. Even as the luxury developers wrestle with a downturn in their market, campaigners are asking what, if anything, they really offer their surrounding communities. Ms Williams says, Almost all of these new developments get tax breaks from New York City and New York State. We're giving benefits and discounts to these projects. The question is, what are we requiring them to do in exchange? Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.